This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Texas Boot Company, located in Bastroff, Texas, nationally renowned for hundreds of unique styles of exclusive boots, handmade by some of the best boot makers in Texas. Head to toe outfitters, whether you're all cowboy or just from the shins down, check them out and enjoy free shipping nationwide. Visit www.texasbootcompany.com for more information. This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Grossman Burn Foundation. The Grossman Burn Foundation provides medical, financial, and emotional support to families who have suffered a burn injury, and they aid in the development of a self-sustainable communities worldwide through public education, strategic partnerships, and teamwork. For more information, go to www.grossmanburnfoundation.org or email inquiries to info at grossmanburnfoundation.org. Or you can call 866-411-4423 for more information. In this episode of Rolling with Ray, you will meet Aaron Baker, an incredible man. Aaron grew up in Monterey Bay, California. Aaron was a world-class professional motocross athlete. And in 1999, Aaron sustained a spinal cord injury that crushed his C4, C5, and C6 vertebrae as a result of a motocross accident. Today, Aaron is an author, a speaker, and an entrepreneur. He recently wrote a book called Rebellious Recovery and started a new company called New Mind, an educational platform. He will describe of how he overcame his adversity due to his tragic motocross accident. Come and follow along his journey. It's my pleasure and my honor to introduce you to Aaron Baker, The Rebellious Recovery. Well, Aaron, glad to have you on uh, Rolling with Ray podcast today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ray. So, yeah, I guess we're coming from uh, Monterey Bay, or that's where you actually grew up, but you live in L.A. now. That's right. I'm down here in Southern California, sunny Southern California. Well, just to let you know, uh, we have 32-degree weather here in Dallas with about a quarter inch of, of ice on the roads. So uh, I miss those 70, 80 degree weathers up there in California. Well, I'm enjoying it for you. So the first question that I have for you, Aaron, is uh, had you always dreamed of being a professional motocross athlete? Well, I've been dreaming about it a long time, Ray. Uh, Santa Claus brought me a motorcycle when I was about three years old. And so I, I quickly... Um, fell in love with that little machine and I rode it as much as I could and inevitably, inevitably uh, began racing it. And so I wanted to be a champion when I was a young guy. So you, you raced, I guess, when you were a teenager and uh, what age did you become a professional athlete and uh, of your motocross career? Well, uh, yes, through my young, uh, early teenage years, I was a, um, a uh, very successful amateur. I turned professional when I turned 18. Uh, and then I had my accident when I was 20. 
And that was my next question is, can you tell me how you sustained uh, your spinal cord injury and I guess how old you were and you were 20 years old? And I believe that was yep. in 1999. That's right, Ray. I was, I was 20 years old, 1999. And I was, I was testing my equipment. I was having a practice day. Uh, all was, was well until it wasn't. The, the motorcycle malfunctioned. I went over the handlebars and I impacted the ground head first. And I remember the moment. I remember the sound my neck made. I remember instantly my body um, going limp, becoming paralyzed. And I laid there in the ground, on the ground, uh, completely aware of the severity of my situation. So you fractured your C4, C5, and C6 vertebrae. So when you're laying on that ground, I'm sure it's a dirt, dirt ground. Uh, what was the first thing that came through your mind? Did you, were you knocked out unconscious? Uh, I mean, did you still know what was going on around you? I was very coherent. Um, I was laying there uh, completely aware of my plight. Uh, in shock, uh, frightened. My breathing had become labored. I was barely breathing. Um, so I was, I was, um, so scared, terrified of actually dying there on the track that day. So that was really what was going through my mind. I, I knew instantly that I was in grave danger. I was in a very precarious situation and had no one been there, uh, to help me in that moment, I surely would have perished that day. Wow. That's, that's, that's unbelievable. Aaron, uh, after your accident, can you describe some of your most difficult challenges? And, and I know there's a bunch, but uh, uh, can you tell me one or two or three that just sticks out? Well, Ray, the, the biggest challenge for me was and uh, still is, is the mind. You know, the, the mentality that... Um, I have to have in order to continue moving forward in life despite this extreme adversity. You know, at that time, Ray, I was only a young man, uh, just uh, finding my independence and, and discovering who I was in the world and my identity uh, was completely shattered. You know, that's quite traumatic. I I did not who I did not know who I was if not a professional athlete, and. That kind of, you know, identity crisis at such a young age was really challenging for me. So ultimately, inevitably, I, I became extraordinarily depressed. Dark days um, filled me and I did not want to be here. So I had to battle my mind. That was my biggest challenge. I can remember when I got hurt, I, I got hurt at, at, a, at the age of 16 years old. Uh, so I can kind of relate as far as identity, uh, some of the depression, uh, you know, uh, here I am 16 years old, I'm still trying to find my own way. And, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm just a 16 year old kid. You talk about a 16 year old kid growing up quickly and that was me. And so I, I, I totally understand and relate about the identity crisis. Uh, it's just because uh, 
I didn't know what, what to expect. I mean, I hadn't lived my life. And uh, good thing that I had family and friends supporting me through this ordeal. And, or, and there's no way I would have been able to get through this ordeal. And of course, as you mentioned, the mind is a powerful thing. And, uh, it, you know, the mind controls a whole bunch of things. And, and, and it also has to do with attitude and the positive things around you. If you don't have those positive things around you, uh, then there's no way you're going to be able to get through the ordeals, especially through the trauma that, uh, that you faced and that I faced. Well, you said it, Ray. It's all about the, the family and, and friends and support system around you. Absolutely. Had they not been there, I wouldn't be here today. Absolutely. Uh, how long did it take you to real to for you to realize that the life that want, that you once knew was no longer there and that you had to start a new life? That was instantaneous, right? <laughs> I mean, I laid there on the ground. I knew full well that life was nearly over right so I, I was not going backwards to what was i knew that what what i was experiencing was life changing wow. so i pretty early on i realized that you know i'm not trying to get back to what was i'm just trying to live today and live better tomorrow exactly um you wrote this book here that I have in front of me called The Rebellious Recovery. Can you tell me why and what inspired you to write this book? I have read this book and it's a phenomenal book. And, uh, you know, uh, I couldn't put my the book down. I had to read it straight through and just uh, just a great book. I appreciate that, Ray. That's there's a lot of heart and soul in that book. I. I've been compelled to share the story in written form for many years, and, and I've had plenty of excuses uh, as to why I hadn't done it earlier. I felt like the timing and the story arc uh, was complete enough for me to tell in, in book form. Uh, but more importantly, my daughter was born, and I wanted her to know me and this story uh, in this way. And so that really uh, lit the fire under me to sit and actually pen this out word for word and create what you've read. I don't know if you've had a chance to read my book called The Life I Didn't Expect, Facing Adversity and Winning. But uh, there. There, there. We, there we go. There I'm we almost go. done. All this right. is good, Ray. I mean, you're a heck of a, of a man. You, you've, uh, you've preceded me and come before a lot of us. So. You know, your words, your story, they uh, they impact a lot of people, and I appreciate you sharing that. Well, I appreciate that. But uh, I guess is what I was alluding to is that, uh, you know, there were some dark days ahead of us. And uh, when I wrote that book, uh, it was very therapeutic for me because I had I had all these thoughts and all these things that were going on in my mind for the past 42 years. And so it was nice to actually get to put it on paper and, and pen and actually be published. It's a good feeling. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, the Center of Restorative Exercise, the core? 
Well, yes, my, you know, in this process of, um, of rehabilitation and, and rebuilding my life, you know, therapy was vital. I knew that. I knew that if I didn't do these forms of exercises, I didn't live um, a holistic, well-rounded health and wellness program type life that my prognosis and my complications were going to be um, real and severe. I knew the outcome. I could predict the outcome if I didn't work. So I knew that I needed to keep doing therapy. It wasn't just a 12-week, 12-month, two-year process. It was going to be a lifelong um, endeavor. I mean, it's a lifestyle. So knowing that, um, I knew I needed to to find a place, a rehab center that that I could just integrate in for, for a long period of time. And there wasn't anything back in the early 2000s. I was a part of a university system at the time here in Southern Cal. They had a special department in the kinesiology uh, uh, curriculum. And I was able to utilize their facility for a good long while. But that inspired the gym facility that I envisioned. Uh, and the center of restorative exercise was a business that my mother and I started together. We conceptualized it right at our kitchen table. We saved our pennies, every penny to our name, and we signed a multi-year lease on a, on a facility and bought all the equipment and hung our shingle. And we opened, a, opened the business in 2011. And not only did I work out there every single day and reap the benefits of long-term restorative exercise, but the door was open to the community and to anybody that wanted to improve the quality of their life if they chose to. That was our real intention. And it was passion work for my mother and me. And we worked that business for a good long while, a full decade, until just before COVID, we decided you know, it was, it was time for us to go in a new direction. And we sold the, sold the business. We sold it to, a, to an exercise physiologist, our partner at the time. And the facility still exists, which I'm very proud of. But I have since separated and, and moved forward in a new direction. Did a lot of spinal cord injury uh, patients go there? Absolutely. Yeah, we specialized in spinal cord injury, but really it was neurological conditions in general. A lot of stroke, a lot of um, uh, traumatic brain injuries, cerebral palsy, degenerative conditions like MS. And, um, but yeah, we served... Uh, one in five Americans. That's awesome. <laughs> Some form of disabling condition. That's great. Can you tell me a little bit about kamikaze downhill times four? Well, it, I, I'm a I'm a goal setter by nature. I like to have targets on my horizon to work towards. Um, so I use a lot of adaptive equipment, adaptive bicycles, adaptive um, snow equipment and water equipment. So I have this recumbent mountain bike I've nicknamed the Honey Badger. It's built by a guy named Jake O'Connor in Colorado. His company is called Reactive Adaptations. And he um, specializes in hand cycles, recumbent cycles for veterans, for spinal cord injured folk. And I have this mountain bike. And so I take it to the local mountains here, uh, Mammoth Mountain being one of them. And they have a 
they have a, a ski run called the Kamikaze. And in the summertime, that run is known as the world's fastest downhill mountain bike course. And uh, up until these recent years, nobody's ever gone down it on a adapted mountain bike. Someone with a spinal cord injury. And so uh, I rode the chairlift up, brought the mountain bike up there and strapped in and sent it. And I've done that four times and I've won the races. So, so it's a lot of fun. You're just trying to break your back again or your neck again, right? No, not at all. <laughs> I make calculated rest. There you go. There you go. Uh, I know in your book you write uh, about the story of uh, your mother and yourself and some of your, your friends who rode from the West Coast to the East Coast on a bicycle to raise money and funds for spinal cord injury, is that correct? Well, yes, I rode, I've ridden a bicycle across the country twice, Ray. Uh, the first time, as you said, with my mother and friends on a tandem bicycle. Uh, at that time, I couldn't pedal or ride a bicycle on my own, so I could sit on the back seat and be strapped in, my feet and the hands uh, on the back seat of a tandem bicycle. And we, uh, we pedaled 3,182 miles across the southern part of the United States, uh, starting in San Diego, ending in Florida. And along the way, we would, we would stop and speak at re rehab hospitals and schools, universities, community centers. We would you know, promote the power of possibility. And, and uh, we did raise money along the way for the future of CORE. At that time, it was a concept, and we were trying to find a way to fund that. And on the heels of that first tour, we called it the Rise Above Tour, I I became strong enough to pedal my own bicycle, a special built tricycle, two wheels in the back, one in the front. And I pedaled that bicycle or that tricycle from San Francisco, 4,202 miles to Washington, DC. And my mother rode her own bicycle alongside me this time. So that's yeah. awesome. Can you tell us, can you also, I read in your book, uh, the story about uh, you walking several miles in the desert. Uh, can you tell my viewers and listeners uh, about what that all that was about? Sure, yeah, that was, uh, I walked across the basin of Death Valley. Uh, after I would spent so many years on the bicycle, ultimately ending up in the Paralympic program, I began racing that, that tricycle for our country doing well, uh, winning the national championship, narrowly missing the, the Paralympics themselves. I fell ill and missed that. And on the heels of that, I felt like I needed to get off the bicycle, shift my mind, my, my thinking, um, undo a lot of the, the things that I had, I had uh, hurt myself doing on the, on the bicycle. I needed to walk. I needed to practice getting back to just taking those teeny tiny baby steps. And it's a very uh, tedious, monotonous process for me to walk. Very difficult. And I decided I needed to do that for a really long time, just like the endurance cycling. And I envisioned myself out in Death Valley in the vast lunar landscape of that 
part of the world, it's perfect for me to go out there and walk for a week. I walked 20 miles, Ray. What do you remember about walking in that desert? Uh, were the temperatures up in the hundreds and, and I guess the nights were cool? That's right. Yeah, it's an extreme contrast. In the day, there's no reprieve from the relentless sun. It's very hot, deadly hot, hence the name Death Valley. And at the night, in the night, uh, there's full exposure. When the sun goes down, it, it gets frigid, quite cold. So I had to be prepared for that swing in temperature. My body does not do well with temperature fluctuation. I don't thermoregulate very well with my injury. So it was quite challenging physically, but what I remember most is the sky and the vastness of the stars at night and the quiet serenity of that place. I felt extremely connected to the earth. So Aaron, I'm, explain to my viewers because uh, and listeners that are out there listening that I am considered a C5, C6 complete injury, meaning that I fractured or broke my spinal cord and that level where I fractured, I have no feeling. But you fractured your, your C4, 5, and 6 vertebrae, but you're walking. And, you know, I tell people that, well, that's an incomplete injury. But when people say complete and incomplete, you know, uh, if, you, if you look at my medical records and, you know, the MRIs, my spinal cord is still intact. But I can't, I can't move my legs. But you, on the other hand, you know, you did damage to the spinal cord. You broke your vertebrates, but you're walking. Well, Ray, I think it's important for the listeners to know that spinal cord injuries are vastly different. Uh, it's like a fingerprint. The nervous system is the most complex system in the body. And we're still trying to figure it out. That's why we don't have a cure yet. But two people can have the exact same level of injury and have completely different outcomes in terms of motor function and sensation. My initial prognosis, diagnosis, was C456 complete quadriplegic with a very grim prognosis that I would ever be able to feed myself again, paralyzed from the chin down. And it, at that time, they wanted to keep it very black and white, complete, incomplete. You know, that's the common nomenclature uh, for for spinal cord injury, but there's a gray area in between, um, and that's the human element. You know, if, if the doctor came in and said, Ray, that's all you're going to get, and you hang your hat on that, and you don't try to influence your body's recovery, the reconnection, what it naturally does, if you don't become an active participant in that process, like with all that you are, then that prognosis is going to be true. You will remain complete. However, I strongly advocate now for healthcare professionals to say, look, there are general statistics about spinal cord injury, and there are facts 
about secondary complications to sedentary lifestyle. I propose that healthcare prof professionals say, look, this is what's going to happen to your body if you do not adopt a healthy, active, progressive approach to your healing. You will uh, succumb to muscle atrophy, bone density loss, joint contractures, bowel and bladder impaction, neurogenic pain, neuropathic pain. Like there is a long list of things that will happen to you. But if you try with all that you have and you create an optimal healing environment, then I can't tell you what your future will hold. I can tell you that the quality of your life will improve. But if you don't do it, then I can tell you exactly what's going to happen. So I, I kind of adopted this way of thinking early on. My mother really um, helped facilitate this type of really um, aggressive, rebellious way of bucking the system that, that stood in place for so long. Um, and that's why I think I've had uh, a positive outcome in the face of a dire prognosis. Absolutely. And as I mentioned to you earlier, and, and you were, are well aware of this, that the mind is a powerful thing. It's, it's very powerful. And uh, can you tell me about your new company that you just started called New Mind? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, Ray, we're not really educated on how to use our minds, are we? We're not, right? <laughs> no, not to, not to be completely activated. Uh, and to know our, our, our true strengths and abilities. Um, I've come to know that through this adversity, hence why the book is called The Rebellious Recovery, Transform Your Adversity into Adventure. And my new company is New Mind, which publishes uh, other individuals like me. And, and we, uh, we are kind of the thought leaders, the torchbearers for a new way of thinking. New Mind is essentially... Um, uh, a transformational organization that focuses on mind, body, and lifestyle skills, essentially to help you think and move your way through adversity. So uh, I'm happy that this is the direction I've taken at this point in my life because my whole MO these days, Ray, is aging well with a spinal cord injury and sharing that with the world. Absolutely. Well, I'm going on 42 years as spinal cord injury, so I can kind of relate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, how does Aaron Baker measure success in life today? Happiness, Ray, happiness and health. Just a nice equilibrium and harmony in my home, in my thoughts my words, and my actions. When those are aligned, there is great peace and grace. And to me, that's success. As long as I keep sharing that and lighting other people along the way, then I am living my purpose. Where do you see Aaron Baker in 10 years from now? Um, I see myself being... Uh, globally accessible, uh, be accessing many parts of the world with this message, with this work. I see uh, New Mind being a very well-oiled machine. 
comprised of many thought leaders um, and traveling with my daughter and maybe another, just expanding my family and impacting the world to the, to the best of my ability. Can you share one thing about yourself that, uh, that we don't know about you? Well, I, I am a, let's see, I, I'm multidimensional, Ray. I was, I was called a chameleon when I was young because I could move fluidly through um, social circumstances. And the contrast of my personality is very broad. Um, and I have really leaned into that part of who I am. And I like that I'm a jack of many trades and able to um, weave those talents together for a greater good. That's awesome. So I have one more question. So you're a, a, a speaker, a motivational speaker. You're, a, you're an author. What message do you send to like when you go speak at a corporate events, what is your main topic that you speak about? Well, it's about transforming adversity, right? There are many ways to do that. I like to keep a childlike wonder uh, in my perspective of the world to see obstacles as opportunities. Um, I like to share my story. I like to weave it together with other people's. I like to remind people of that that adventurous spirit that we all held once when we were young and that over time and, and uh, maturity, we seem to have lost, which inevitably makes us scared and fearful and tentative and anxious about problems that we face first and foremost in our minds about ourselves and about the world. And so I endeavor to bring that candle into their dark world and light it to transform their adversity into a grand adventure. Well, Aaron, I want to thank you for being on my podcast. Uh, for those that are out there listening, don't forget it's called The Rebellious Recovery by Aaron Baker. It's a phenomenal book. Uh, I've read it and have great reviews on it. So uh, please go out and get it and they can get it on Amazon. That's right, Ray. Amazon or therebelliousrecovery.com or imarenbaker.com. You can find me on social medias. I'm an open book. I'm available. So please don't, don't hesitate or to reach out. Well, Aaron, if I'm ever in LA, I'm going to look you up and, uh, and holler at you. And if you're ever in Dallas, please stop by and visit me sometime. I'd love that, Ray. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much and uh, have a good day. You as well. Thank you for watching and listening to my podcast. I want to thank the Grossman Byrne Foundation and the Texas Boot Company for sponsoring this episode. Make sure to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and my YouTube channel called Rolling with Ray. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Should you be looking for a good book to read, please pick up my book called The Life I Didn't Expect, Facing Adversity and Winning. My book is on Amazon. Until I see you again, keep rolling with Ray. This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Texas Boot Company, located in Bastroff, Texas, 
nationally renowned for hundreds of unique styles of exclusive boots, handmade by some of the best boot makers in Texas. Head to toe outfitters, whether you're all cowboy or just from the shins down, check them out and enjoy free shipping nationwide. Visit www.texasbootcompany.com for more information. This episode of Rolling with Ray is sponsored by the Grossman Burn Foundation. The Grossman Burn Foundation provides medical, financial, and emotional support to families who have suffered a burn injury, and they aid in the development of a self-sustainable communities worldwide through public education, strategic partnerships, and teamwork. For more information, go to www.grossmanburnfoundation.org or email inquiries to info at grossmanburnfoundation.org or you can call 866-411-4423 for more information.